I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined on this week's episode, In the Dead of Summer, by Alex Wong. What up? Thanks for having me. Kawhi dead watch of Summer, two. truly. Kawhi Watch 2. Kawhi Watch 2. Still apologizing for the 99.8%. Yeah. I mean, that was... That's that's my legacy now. That was unfortunate. But you know what? Um, we stand by it. Kawhi was making moves. Stand by it. 99.8%, he's leaving the Clippers in two years. Oh. That'd be great for the Lakers, but you know it is what it is. Look, we're not gonna talk Kawhi anymore. Um, nah, nah. There's another entire team of players um, that we can focus on, and the I guess the guy we'll focus on out top is Pascal Siakam, who you know we were at uh, Hoop Talks on Monday, and you know I had a chance to sit down with Nick Nurse, but about like a ten minute thing. We'll, we'll put it up soon. Uh, I'm. Don't ask me when it's coming out. I, I don't actually edit the video. I just like sat down and asked. He just questions. creates content. I just create content. You know how that's disseminated is up to other people. But uh, anyway, sat down with Nick Nurse. One of the things I asked him about was sort of you know Pascal Siakam and also just generally how the offense is going to run because like you know you don't have Kawhi, you don't have Danny. That's what about twenty shots a game that you're missing. Um, and in, in the point of towards you know not having Kawhi as a central figure, you know Nick talked about how. We're going to play more of a team-oriented offense. Um, you know, we obviously we have a pretty decent sample of what the Raptors look like without Kawhi from last season, where they went 17-5. and five. Not saying they'll go that for a whole season, mm-hmm. but he, he was like, you know, probably share the ball a little bit more, sort of moving around. Obviously, not without one guy that you run it through everything through, um, you know, the offense is going to look a little different. But the other thing that he said was, Pascal Siakam's got to be the man. Mm-hmm. And he expects him to be, in terms of the next step, he expects the next step to be, go-to guy late game score and he's just got to step up and be the man first off do you see that as realistic you know and what does it look like if he is the man realistic yes but i I think it just depends on if you're expecting that to happen this season um or like you know in in a year or two you know pascal's game is just like it's not very it's not like a straightforward offensive game that he has right like a lot of the stuff he'll get on fast breaks or, mm-hmm. you know, with a spin move that was very well documented and like kind of these like too well documented. Yeah. 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 People started taking it <laughs> that away when they were like reading the fourth. But, but Pascal doesn't strike you as that traditional, like number one guy in terms of like the arsenal that he has. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he is able, obviously like he showed that like in the finals and like in the playoffs that he was able to do that. But to be the guy, to be the man like that, Nick wants him to be, you got to do that every night. Yeah. Like we're talking like, 20 points, like whatever it is, 2010, whatever he's putting up. Like, you got to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. You can't have those games where, you know, you're like scoring eight points and like not really involved in the offense or like, you know, they're still leaving you in the corner to take those three pointers and things like that. So, 
I don't know how fast that's going to come. You know, I think obviously Nick is setting the expectation that that's where he wants Pascal to get to. But, you know, like you said, you know, the 17 and five record that they had without Kawhi, a lot of that. And I think you dug into it with some stats and stuff like a lot of that was predicated on an offense that was more ball movement oriented. Right. So I don't know, like Pascal is going to be obviously the main guy on this team, but whether he's kind of like that number one guy that you expect on like contending teams, like I still think there's probably a gap there. Yeah, to get to. I mean, I, I think in terms of his current skill set, if we're, if Pascal comes back with the same skill set he had last season, I think him being a number one option is not as realistic, right? I mean, you can be the number one option. Like guys are the number one option. Zach Levine's a number one option yeah. in Chicago. Doesn't mean anything. The team doesn't win. You know, like even like a even Car Anthony Towns is the number one option. That team is trash, mm-hmm. right? Um so I, I think that uh, – I think Siakam realistic has to expand his skill set. That's also something that Nick Nurse talked about where he's like – probably see him more as point forward mm-hmm. coming into next season. Um, you know, that includes handling the ball more. But I'm assuming that also means more of like, you know, what you would traditionally expect from a number one guy, like running pick and rolls, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I, I looked into that, so last season Pascal ran 65 possessions in terms of as like handling the pick and roll, not like, you know, as the big man. In those 65 possessions, he scored like – 1.12 points per possession, which was the highest on the team, um, and he shot above 50. percent Now, granted, 65 possessions within like an 85 games, 80 like game season is like not a lot of possessions, not even one a game, but there is some promise there, and you know I'm hoping to see that expand. I, but I also think like realistically, if he's gonna be the number one guy and sort of creating a half court situation and stuff, he's got to add a pull up jumper to the game, and I think well, if you look at like his his training videos from the, in the summertime, obviously that's all edited. You're only going to see makes and stuff like that. But it seems like a, it's a concerted effort on his part to sort of improve that portion. And if he can get that down, which is a big if, mm-hmm. but if he can be a respectable pull up jumper, um, you know, not only from mid range area but also from the three point arc. If he can do that, then yeah, he can be the number one option because I think everything he does in the paint is like completely sustainable. Yeah, and you know the the part about the perimeter game, you obviously saw that grow a little bit last season like he got more comfortable obviously from three Mm -hmm. especially in the corners and things like that see that's what i was saying when i was thinking that you know i think he will get there i just think you know fans shouldn't expect that to for him to just like you said coming to training camp and on opening night kind of suddenly transform into this guy just because there's that extra kind of number of shots and usage there right and i think you don't want him to put him in situations on offense too where it takes away from like what he just what he does right Mm -hmm. like what he does now is like great yeah. And obviously when Kawhi was here, when he wasn't asked to like shoulder that burden, you know, he could do those things without really having the spotlight on him. Yeah. It'll be different now, right? Like gonna stick they're gonna stick like their best defender on Pascal. Like those things are gonna change. And I know we talked about the playoff experience that mm-hmm. he went through, but still, like, you know, when, when teams are like scheming for you and they're scouting you like that, you know, it's a it's a whole other adjustment. Yeah, just overall. So there might be, there would probably be a lot of learning, like growing pains. I feel like for Pascal, like not that like he's not already an established player, but like the step to go from where he's try- where he's at now to where like Nick wants him to be. Like, that's a, a hard a, step. That's a, a hard step, step to take, and most guys don't get there. They just don't. Yeah, and it's it's going to be tough. But um, I also think that like in terms of if you take Kawhi out of the offense, I don't think you'll see Pascal. He might be the man quote-unquote on paper, mm-hmm. but he, he's not going to run the same types of sets that Kawhi was running. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's not going to handle the ball as much as Kawhi was because that's, I just think, unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
One thing, though, I mean, like, we, we all agree. Like, the perimeter game has to get better in order for them to get there. Um, one thing that does concern me a little bit is in terms of, like, the spacing on the floor. The Raptors don't have the same amount of shooting. Mm-hmm. It's like one thing when you have the other four guys on the floor, Marcus Gasol, who's a good shooter, Kyle Lowry, who's a good shooter, Danny Green's a great shooter, Kawhi's a great shooter, and then you're Pascal attacking one-on-one. No one can really send help with that situation. He's going to kick it out to a corner shooter. It's worse, right? Um, but this season, I don't think defenses will respect OG the same way as they would with Danny. They wouldn't res- respect Norman Powell the same way. Stanley Johnson, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, Pat McCaw, like these guys are all guys that I think defenses will be comfortable helping off of. So that's a bit of a concern in terms of how much more double teams Pascal will face. But I, I think ultimately um, the long-term question here is that it, let's say Pascal doesn't necessarily um, – become a, a very good jump shooter then then what you're kind of left with is like a point forward type that slashes for the most part right he slashes into the paint and if you look around the league in terms of like who's slashing um the, the sort of archetype of slasher without a jumper it's not the, the track record is sort of hit and miss right it, you got guys like Giannis, for example yeah but Giannis is like i guess kind of like an outlier in a way right right just because of his skill set yeah, and honestly, even without like before last season when the Bucks brought in a bunch of shooters and Mike Boonholzer to set up a system, the Bucks weren't that good. Even though Giannis is still really good, but without those shooters and stuff like that, that team wasn't that good. You look at like a Blake Griffin type. He's not necessarily a slasher. He's more of like a post up guy, but still a power forward that handles the ball a lot. That team's not very good. Um, you look at even Westbrook, right? Obviously, very different player, but still qualitatively like a slasher. Operates in the mid range, gets the rim. Um, that team was not very good. OKC was not very good in the last couple of years. And even DeMar DeRozan with, like, San Antonio, that team also just wasn't that good. It was good enough to make the playoffs, but it wasn't that good. So I think, you know, when you take in all those factors, like, you really, really need to – if you're going to make Pascal successful as number one option, you need a team system around him. You need a lot of shooters. And you need him ultimately to become a better shooter. And yeah. I think, yeah, and I think, you know, we both agree probably that, like, you know, this roster is in transition for this season right Mm -hmm. like you know it's possible that this roster on opening night is the one that's going to go into the postseason but then all the contracts of the veteran guys are expiring and like this is definitely not the type of roster that you would say you would want to surround pascal with if you're building around him right right um Giannis is a really good example i feel like you know pascal's not Giannis, but like some of the skill sets you know they they kind of replicate each other and you know if you kind of build the way Milwaukee has done right just you know surround the team with shooters really similar to what the Raptors had last year right and you know I guess that will be the bigger question over the next like two to three years of you know once you know you assume like they're going to get Pascal signed to the extension or have him sign long term next offseason you know then then what right and that's why I think um, OG is such an interesting guy too to to see like who he is yep. going forward right like is he just a role player that that's not going to develop much beyond what this is mm-hmm. or is there a step that he's going to take where he's like a legitimate high-end like two-way guy right yeah because then that's another guy you know suddenly yep. then you have two guys to build around and then it goes back to the same thing of okay you know if pascal's not the guy that's the the 1a guy right like mm-hmm. can you bring someone else in to compliment right because we've already seen what pascal can do like on a championship team yeah. like that stuff is undisputed right he could be a number two yeah he, like, he already is a number yeah, two. yeah. Like, that's a that's great not, ceiling to work with and that's not even hypothetical like he's done it yeah no, like he's real. done it right and like i think sometimes these guys do this um so fast like early in their career that it gets overlooked a little bit because mm-hmm. people don't even see pascal still as like a complete product right but you know i, I feel like 
I feel like Pascal, like how the Raptors having Pascal, they're in a really good place. It's just obviously there's a lot of questions about how the rest of the roster is going to fill out beyond this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of those questions is whether or not Kyle Lowry's here. Um, so he gave an interview at USA Training Camp um, to Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated where he said he'd love to be here long term. Um, he hasn't had any discussions with Masai about it just yet, but you know, I, he was very open to signing another deal or some sort of extension. And um, I mean, he also talked about Kawhi as well, but he, he gave the typical Kyle answers of just like happy for him. We're happy for him. I never recruit anybody, which is true. Like if he didn't recruit Demar Derozan when Demar was a free agent, he's not going to recruit Kawhi. And I think that's just Kyle. Like he's just like a supportive guy. He's a good friend. Um, you know, if, it's 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 different stakes when you're a player, um, and and not even in the sense that you got to play with them, and, and it's just in the sense that you're in the same industry, you work with the same person, you understand their perspective, and you try to respect them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And if Kawhi's happiest going home with the situation, then Kyle wasn't obviously going to argue it. So that's that. But let's go back to the Kyle Lowry long term discussion. Um, first off, what's what's the case for keeping long term, and what's the case for you know, moving him. Yeah. So, I mean, even before answering that, I think, you know, some of the things like, you know, what he said about he would be interested in staying in Toronto long-term, you know, the, the cynical part of me, you know, cause he hired a, a new agent, right? Like he switched agencies, yep. I believe. He's or something like that. Bartlestein, yeah. yeah. And you know, Kyle is 33. Um, I think he'll be 34, I guess when he heads into free agency next summer. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he's saying those things, I mean, it's beneficial for him to say that. So, 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 you know, that he lets, you know, potential teams know that, you know, the option of staying in Toronto is there for him right? and that he's considering it. So, you know, I think for him going into next summer, I think he will, money will be a big factor. Uh, I believe that um, in terms of getting that last deal um, to your question, like the case for Kyle staying is kind of a continuity thing, right? Okay. Um, I think, you know, Kyle can be a good mentor to whoever the young guys will be on this team um moving forward um i think if if he does want to settle down here i mean we talk a lot about demar's legacy i mean if kyle finishes his career here yeah i mean the argument is that you know taking aside like what Kawhi did in his one year here like you could argue that kyle's the best and like most important raptor he's arguably the best raptor of all yeah. time yeah and it's kind of like it reminds me of kind of like you know how the warriors always talk about replicating the spurs and having that continuity and they've kind of backed that up by keeping their original big three with mm-hmm. steph clay and draymond um i think that would be my argument of keeping kyle that if you think if Masai thinks the way the roster is going to turn over with pascal and og that it's not going to be some kind of long rebuild that's going to be a quick retool right yeah if kyle's okay taking probably lesser money right mm-hmm. like i'm not sure It'll be lesser money. i'm not sure how much money like Masai would want to give to Kyle long term even yep. if there's a loyalty there and there's been a championship here um like he can transition himself into whatever it might be like kind of a backup role too like later on in his career mm-hmm. and just yeah. be here um and the other thing too to point out is like there's not a lot of teams as of right now with cap room yeah. next season right and yeah. you're looking at teams like Cleveland yeah and I don't know Atlanta it's like maybe Cleveland Charlotte yeah. like it's basically every team that has cap money next year are teams that are not going to be in the playoffs or have young point guards like Grizzlies for yeah. example. So like if Kyle's trying to get to a winning team, I guess it would make more sense to get traded at the deadline, right? Yeah, and getting traded to a winning team is very difficult in his situation just because he's making so much money. He's making so much money. 
and you look around like there's not really I mean you I think you would need a team that you weren't expecting to contend mm-hmm. to like yeah. go into contention like maybe I don't know like the Timberwolves or something right yeah like if the Timberwolves are suddenly projected to be like a 50 win team right, right at the deadline then they can step up but yeah I don't know that's a tough one for me like of whether like if you were given the choice would you want to keep Kyle mm-hmm. long term after this season I, I, I think one thing that helps the Raptors in this case is that I mean Kyle's already won a championship so like if he had not if the, this championship hadn't happened and he's going to free agency and the Raptors are like hey you want to take a discount to stay he's probably like no I probably take a discount to go win a chip because he's so competitive now he's got but he's got it but he's got it now so I mean I think that's that does make it a little bit more likely that he'll um, sign for a little bit less money I agree with you the market for Kyle probably won't be the same like I'm not expecting him to sign like some sort of twenty million dollar deal and if he does like I'm thrilled for him but also you know he's made a lot of money in his career and I think. Probably around like 150 mil at this point. So he signed two big contracts here, right? Yeah, I mean he had the rookie deal. Then I think 24 mil with Houston. That also you know split a little bit time in Toronto. Then a 48 million dollar deal in Toronto, and then a 90 million dollar deal in Toronto. Like that's that's already a pretty good like career earning thing. Obviously players can choose to earn more. That's obviously within their rights. But I think you know once you get to a certain level of security and comfort, you might look at how happy is your family. And it seems like Kyle's family are very happy here in Toronto, right? His kids are in school here and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty good place to raise um, your family. So I think he's he's happy with the organization. He trusts the organization. Um, him and Masai obviously hashed out their differences after sort of, you know, the DeMar stuff happened. So he's happy. He's really happy. And I think that's ultimately why he said it. I don't even think he's trying to do it for leverage purposes, even though I think it works out for him that way. I, I, I just think he's, he's just speaking his mind as a happy man. I think he's pretty content. Um, in terms of the money, I think, Honestly, the best case I think of keeping Kyle is really just to like to help Pascal. Like, if you really think Pascal is the number one guy for you, like, like at least half of Pascal's offense is playing two man game with Kyle, right? And and it's not even necessarily Kyle's doing so many great things for him. Obviously, we know like the hit ahead passes and Kyle's really you know great at throwing those. But like, it's sort of just like just running. Just I don't know. Even like small dribble handoffs or like little pitch aheads and things like that. Like they just have little sequences between the two of them more than anyone else like Kyle and Pascal have amazing chemistry together so if you really want to foster and develop Pascal going forward then yeah you probably want to keep Kyle around just because Kyle enables a lot of what Pascal does right I mean Pascal has chemistry with Fred that's undeniable but it's not the same as what he has with Kyle and if you have both of those options at once it makes Pascal's life the easiest so that's another factor I think you got to consider. But, I mean, the other factor really is just legacy, man. Like, you, how much do you want to, you know, have Kyle just, you know, be the Raptor, Mr. Raptor for for basically the rest of his career? And, you know, if if they can get to a reasonable number, like, I don't know what a reasonable number would be for you, but if, if they can get to, like, if Kyle signs for, like, 10 to 12, which is probably optimistic. Yeah, I was thinking, like, 15 maybe. Just because, you, you know, you have to pay him for his past performance as well. Yeah, like even like fifteen. I'm I'm yeah. I'm decently okay with fifteen, mm-hmm. um, but the only issue there is if so. I did a I did a search of this um, on Basketball Reference for point guards who are six foot one or shorter, um, and the minimum averages are ten points, five assists, um, and seventy games played. What age again? So, is, from is age thirty four over, okay. right? Yeah. So six one. 10 points a game, 5 assists, like 70 what, games. John Stockton, 34. Five times? John Stockton's done it a couple times. And, like, the rest of the list is, like, Tim Hardaway. Yeah. 
Avery Johnson did it for one year. Yeah. And this random guy named Ricky Green. Yeah. So basically nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So it's and like that's, a, that's, mad, a Chris, that's a Chris Paul problem. It's it's that's a Chris, Chris Paul's problem. heading into too, right? And you don't want to end up in a situation where you're paying a guy like that like forty five million dollars. You know, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot for Masai. Um, yeah, I think for Kyle too, because like if he genuinely wants to stay, it's out of his control this season. Um, you know, it's possible. Mm-hmm. I, I, obviously, we don't know like what kind of conversations Masai and Kyle are gonna have, and if that relationship is strong enough where Masai is gonna do good by Kyle, like if he wants to play out the yeah. season here and things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think. Once you get into that, you know, taking a discount money situation, I mean, then the money has to be right, like to a point where he doesn't feel disrespected. And if he is going to take a pay cut, maybe he'll be like, why don't I take an even bigger pay cut and go win another championship Yeah, somewhere else, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. And the, the legacy thing is interesting too because, you know, we just saw like, you know, DeMar was built up as, as the face of the franchise and then he was traded. Right, we talked so much about Kawhi's legacy when we were talking about his free agency decision, and ultimately that didn't matter to him, right? Yeah. Like the flip side, again, I'm probably just playing like devil's advocate. On the flip side, Kyle could be like, "I can leave now because my legacy is secure," mm. right? But I don't, I, I don't get the same sense that he wants to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're Kawhi and you're 28 years old, mm-hmm. you can go anywhere, and you just come out this platform. Then, then yeah, of course, mm-hmm. and you want to chase other things. I generally think Kyle just wants to be here. Like he's comfortable. Yeah, I think he's satisfied. And I think if he wants to be here, you know. they'll make it work. Okay. Like, like yeah. I, I do think so. And you know, you made a really good point too about how he'd be really good for Pascal. Yeah. That's the thing too, right? Like guys like Kyle and even Mark Gasol, they're getting up there, like in, in years and stuff. Yeah. But they're still smart enough that if you put them out there as like complementary pieces, they're not going to be a negative on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And. That's the other thing, too. Like, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's like, I feel like people have really, like, overstated the fact that, like, oh, this team is getting old. And, like, you know. Nah, it's like three it, guys that are old. Man. Yeah, and it's not like, and those guys have games, especially Kyle and Mark, that I feel like are going to age fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to lose. Because they're almost like star role players. In yeah, a way. they're two I, point guards out there, right? Like, yeah. They're star role players. They do all the little things. Exactly. And those yeah. things don't go away. Yeah. It's like, sure, like Kyle, like we've talked about the dip in his scoring too, right? Yeah. Like during the season and like getting to the basket. And like Mark too. I mean, I'm actually pretty optimistic about Mark. I feel like Nick's going to give him a bigger role on offense. I and, think so, yeah. And he kind of came in like halfway through the season. Yeah. And kind of just slotted into this role. And you talk about like the more available shots now. Like mm-hmm. having Mark kind of anchor that offense right. um, is, is going to be great. So I think Mark's going to have a pretty good season actually. Yeah. I thought we were talking about him, but <laughs> yeah, I mean we could talk about him, bro. It's the summertime, man. We gotta fill dead air at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, no, but it's like with Kyle too, like you bring him back even when he's thirty four or thirty five, like mm-hmm. he'll be a contributor. Yeah. He's obviously not gonna be one of the top guys on your team, but Yeah. I mean you just gotta ha- I think again, now that the two sides are amicable yeah. and they have a shared interest yeah. or hopefully they have a shared interest, yeah. um th- that's the basis of working something out. Also I think the other thing we got we didn't discuss here with Kyle is just like is he eventually willing to come off the bench? Yeah. I, I think if he if he's taking a discount to come back, mm-hmm. uh, there's probably an understanding that, you know, at some point your role is going to change, right? Yeah. Or maybe he's still good enough. You know, as long as he's good enough, I feel like he'll start, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but... But, I mean, like, eventually if you're like, okay, you know what? We want to go to Fred here. Yeah. We want to see what that looks like. Yeah. You know, Kyle, are you okay with that? Yeah. 
knows? I feel like that'll be a conversation they need to have. Yeah. Obviously, like sacrificing is easy when you're winning championships and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you'll want to do that if they're like a 40 win team, right? Yeah. And it, it always sounds easy on, on paper to be like, yeah, of course, man. We've been together forever. Like, you know, we'll just make these little concessions. And yeah. then you have situations like Tony Parker with the Spurs. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the guy played in Charlotte last year. Yeah. And, and, because they, the Spurs were like, you can either come back on the minimum yeah. and be an assistant coach, or you can go somewhere else. And it's just really awkward. You don't want to. You want to avoid those situations as much as possible. Yeah, and I think you and Vivek talked about this on your championship takeaways last time. Is that you know it was really special, like what happened with the Raptors last season. Yeah. In terms of guys sacrificing, and you were using uh, Danny Green like being okay with letting Fred start the second half of the games in yeah. the finals and things yeah. like that, right? I mean, honestly, for, for some other teams, like even in the playoffs or whatever, that would be like a huge headline and a whole controversy. Look at the Warriors right? having to start Boogie, man. I mean, like, it was weird. <laughs> it was awkward. Yeah, so like, what I'm saying is like, bring it back to the Kyle thing, it's not going to be smooth like that every year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, who knows how what how this season is going to go? I mean, in, in a... In it's not going to be smooth with Kyle? <laughs> no, but like in a worst case scenario, like you could see things going sideways with so many expiring contracts, right? Yeah. And guys figuring out what they want to do. Um, you know, and the other thing too is like, I mean, if Masai gets a really good offer at the trade deadline for Kyle, that helps Toronto's future. Mm-hmm. Like that's a decision too, right? Yeah. But at that point, you got to work with Kyle. I think you really have to work with him because I, I do think that there is some value in... Not continuity in your organization, but the reputation of your organization. And if the reputation of your organization is like a little bit too cutthroat, well, that's a Daryl Morey. Yeah, like that's, people that's actually rocket, dislike right? your organization. Exactly. So, um, I don't I know. I mean, I already it's did tough, that with man. the Kawhi trade, right? In a way. I mean, obviously a successful yeah. trade, but well, yeah, well, people stop signing Masai about that. Yeah, yeah, after the title and stuff. Yeah. Um, KD, <laughs> KD. <laughs> For no reason whatsoever, said the Raptors won't be back in the finals ever again. Which just um, need some context, though. <laughs> okay, what's the context? I give the context. So he hung out with Chris Haynes for yeah. a day. Chris Haynes, Yahoo Sports. No, Chris Haynes hung out with Katie. For Chris a day. Haynes hung out, yeah. yeah. And Katie made it very clear in the article that you know it was Chris Haynes's privilege to yeah, be there. <laughs> sure, yeah. He's like, ask your questions, uh, Katie. What did he say? I think he was like, "Yo, I'll give you something. You came all the way here. Yeah, I'll give you what you need." Um, okay, so the quote, what he said, okay, so they were talking about the fans cheering his injury. And he's like, oh, whatever, that'll be the last finals they'll ever be in, right? And he said with a smirk. With a smirk. Which and is I, what Chris that needs context. Context is like, they were probably just having a conversation, obviously. And like, yeah. that topic came up. Yeah. And, you know, Katie obviously probably a little bitter mm. at the bad fans. So he's going to say yeah. something. Like, I don't feel like he's hanging on to that moment or anything. I don't think so. It's just something kind of, like, snarky that you would say in the moment. Mm. Um, you know, it's fine. Like, I don't know. I don't really care. I mean, people literally <laughs> I don't really people care. literally cheered when he, like, snapped his Achilles. Yeah, so, like, I would be a little bit salty about that, too. Also, he now plays for the Nets. So, yeah. it's in the same division. Yeah, he's in the same division. And mm. I don't know. That that comment didn't really bother me. Yeah. Having said that, I kind of I refer to Little B on this. <laughs> All right? Brown paper bag. No, I'm kidding. Um... No, but seriously, like, okay, I, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not too bothered about it ultimately either. Like, no. whatever. Like, the championship is the championship. Like, nothing yeah. takes away from it. Yeah. Are the Raptors ever going to go back to the finals again? I wouldn't. I mean, like, never again is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, but if they never went back in our lifetime, would would it surprise you? It yeah. wouldn't surprise me necessarily. Yeah. But I would also understand it. Like, lots of NBA teams have won an NBA championship and they got stuck with it. Like, yeah. Like a Portland, for example. They've been around, like, what, 40, 45 years? Yeah, they won and in the 70s, right? Yeah, they got 
Yeah, so, you know what I mean? Like, it happens. Or, like, Dallas, for example. Dallas has been around forever. They got one title. So, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But, I mean, also, like, I don't know, man. It's I'm just, not it's just kind of needlessly petty from KD, which yeah, is, like... I'm just not taking that comment, like, at face value. Like, I don't think he thought too much about it. Mm. I feel like he kind of just threw it out there. Mm. Um, this is off topic, but if anything, it, it's even... The most interesting thing to me was him not blaming the Warriors for, yeah. for the injury, which I feel like it's just KD trying to just be the better man. The bigger man. Could have been a bigger man here. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. KD's, I'll be interesting to read a profile of KD when he's like 50 and retired. Oh, he's going to be and like. still searching. He's going to be so bitter. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. it makes me sad, but. He'll be like other the modern day Wilt, but without the 20,000 number. <laughs> no, it's. it's <laughs> Yo, because if you watch those Wilt interviews, he's always salty. He's always like, yeah, you know, Michael Jordan, like, I'm, I'm better than Michael Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, you know what I mean? Like, all the time. But even reading that interview, like, it's just like, it always feels like there's so much weighing on KD's mind. Yeah. And like. It's like, bro, relax, man. Can you enjoy your life a little yeah. bit? Like, and like, he's obviously not going to come out and blame the Warriors, but. Why I not? would be shocked. Why not? I thought he would. Because he doesn't want to get into that narrative either. Because then, you know, if he does that, then that means he made a mistake coming back. Because it was an agreed-upon decision, right? So the minute he admits that the Warriors mm. were complicit in it, then that means he made a stupid decision to come back. Um, and he can't admit that. That is true. He can't admit that. So by saying this, he's basically saying, no, like it just happened. Mm-hmm. Like we did all everything. The medical stuff, staff was, was good about it. And also then he's in the bad. Well, I don't know how Warriors fans feel about him right now. but I think they're they're grateful. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where KD passed through. Yeah. Helped them like extend the dynasty a little bit no definitely and that's it yeah like he didn't wasn't really happy there which is hilarious to say for like two finals mvps i don't know what's gonna be three finals appearances so uh actually my favorite thing is that him and Kyrie are best friends like it just makes so much sense yeah definitely like it's ridiculous um anyways one thing i do uh about once a week is i search up kevin durant pregame dance so he has this like pregame routine. Is that the one he did before game five? Yeah, before finals? game five where he was obviously, you know, like, okay, is he coming back? Is he coming out, coming back? That's a big story at the time. Is KD going to come back and save the Warriors' asses was a big story because yeah. the, the Warriors were getting their their, ha- their heads handed to them. The Raptors yeah. were just smacking them up. Yeah. Which, by the way, kind of gets forgotten, but that Warriors team without KD is the same freaking core that won 73 games, that won 67 games, that won a title. Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on, no Festa Cecilia. A couple, a couple times going to the finals and stuff like that. Like, that's a great core. So if the Raptors were smacking up that core, yeah. that's pretty freaking good. You can't be like, oh, that's an asterisk because KD wasn't there. Like, no, yo, bro, they asterisk. were destroying a really historic team, all right? That really does matter. Also, everyone's been showing respect. Everyone showed respect to what the Warriors did. Like, it yeah. wasn't like, I don't know why people slighting the Raptors for, for beating them. That Warriors team was like one possession away from forcing a game seven. Yeah, despite that was terrifying, man. everything. Shout out Danny Green. Yeah. Um, oh man. The, oh yeah, man. But, that turnover. Oh boy. Listen. <laughs> but you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So once a week, I go back and watch the KD pregame dance video, which is morbidly funny in retrospect because he like fifteen minutes later snaps his Achilles. I don't right? know. But I, the yeah. way he because the way he dances is weird. No, I don't see. I have not seen anyone move like that before, where he just sort of like. 
I don't know what he, it's almost like you you when you you know when you're doing that drill when you want to get quick feet yeah. or like there's like a ladder on the ground that you yeah. like sort of like uh, jump back and forth and yeah. basically yeah. like work on your footwork and then he does like a little weird splits thing yeah. and his legs are so long and then the funniest part is in the background you see in the, like the Scotiabank <laughs> Arena tunnel you see Sean Livingston holding his face holding his mouth probably just to gas him up but in retrospect with the context of him snapping his Achilles he's probably like bro are you sure you want to do this that's what I'm saying it, like, it I, kills me man once I, a week I watch that video I watch that clip like after too that's the only thing i think of is like it's so funny you I'm sure like, you want to do this <laughs> exactly like, like yo bro your is it, achilles is on the line here why is are it you worth doing risking that and, and you know not to like over analyze a dance but <laughs> it's I, I think a part of it goes into like katie just wanting to fit in and be a part of something like katie's yeah. always had that right like, and i think that's what katie's been searching for you know, sure. and yeah. you know, just a he, part of a, a great team. Yeah, you know, organic. You know, everyone comes up together. They win. Yeah, you know, like OKC. Wait, you uh, remember they met in the Hamptons, and he was like, "I really liked the chemistry that these guys had." Right. Yeah, and he was just never a part of that. Like him and Steph were never yeah. like as close as whatever. But why? Like, okay, so here's the thing, though. Like, why weren't they closer? Because I feels like Steph is a pretty accommodating guy. Like Steph seems really nice. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's Steph's fault. Yeah, it's uh, probably just KD, right? It's KD. I don't even know if it's KD the person. I feel like it's, it was the situation too. Okay, it must have been weird to come in, and like if you're reading everything like KD is right, mm-hmm. like you know how much you're hated, and, yeah. and the way you're being portrayed, and but he was hated because he ruined the competitive balance of the nba yeah which is just true like and it's it's his own decision that he can choose to make his own decisions he's probably just mad that he can't act like other people can but that's also like yo lebron can't get up today and like join you know the clippers yeah and get no shit for it it is what it is i think i think the other thing too i think it was ramona shelburne who said this is that like katie and the rest of the guys were just in a different different phases of their life like steph's got yeah, that's true Steph's married, right? Um, with kids, and super all married, stuff. yeah, man. super married. Um, Steph is the chance the rapper of the NBA. <laughs> wow, yo, you already know. I love my wife. <laughs> saving, I, love I was my saving wife. that for October, but here's some August drop for That's you. Crazy. Um, That's crazy. That's crazy. But you know, like um, I think Andre Iguodala too. The, the yeah. guys are a little bit older and do different things. Yeah. So maybe in Clay's that way, in his own world. You know, it's like it's kind of like when you like meet a new group of guys. And like they seem real chill together and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, yo, if I hang out with them, yeah. Like I'll just be another guy. I'm gonna blend right in. But it's like, no, nah, these guys have history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these guys have been together. Like they have their own like inside jokes. Like they have their own experiences and stuff. You know what I mean? Katie was the the one <laughs> white friend in the Asian group. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying though. Like to some degree, it was probably like that, right? Yeah. Katie was probably like, yo, I'm gonna come in and like. We're just going to be all chill. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, after a while, he was like, I'm always going to be the outsider. Mm-hmm. And then Draymond kind of crystallized that by yeah. telling him to leave in the middle of a game. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was – in defense of Kevin Durant, that, that, it was completely Draymond's fault. Oh, of like, course. If you watch that play, Draymond's trying to push the ball up. KD's wide open for the game win. Yeah, and then Draymond like slip and fall and like turn yeah. the ball over. And then he turned around and told KD, "We don't need you, bro. Like, yo, relax, man." Anyway, like that's KD, man. And then you yeah. know, if KD's getting disrespected like that in his own locker room, like, come on. Yeah. Anyways, I hope he has a full recovery. I just hope KD's happy. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. I don't, yeah. The recovery, like, yeah, obviously. Every time we talk about this, it's always like, yo, that's what we come to like we hope katie's happy i just hope you feel the kind of satisfaction the happiness that raptors fans felt after winning the championship and um you know it's 
I mean, whatever. I just look at it as banter more than anything else. Yeah, but KD's always chasing the next thing. So he's like, okay, I won championships in Golden State, but I wasn't happy. How do I be yeah. happy? Okay, I'm going to hang out with he's Kyrie. Trying to chase with, uh, he's trying to ch- – exactly what are you saying. He's trying right. to chase the next thing. So yeah, just I'm be yourself, man. I'm going to hang out with man. Kyrie and DeAndre. Like, yeah. That's what he's going to do. And if they win a championship – see, that's what happens is like – I mean, I doubt that. If you keep stacking up like accomplishments and then it doesn't like – it leaves you feeling empty, like it just gets worse. Yeah. So if he wins a championship, say in Brooklyn, mm. and nobody still likes him, people are still criticizing. I don't think him. people are gonna like him in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, what's gonna change about KD <laughs> that people are gonna like? Yo, I I I yeah. love this dude now. And you know I don't what? know, man. It's a little unfair. It is unfair because he's it, a good it, dude. Like, for example, like it's unfair. Like the amount of money he's donated to his in his his own community yeah, for schools and sort of schools like and that, stuff. Yeah. It's it's not Le- on LeBron's yeah. level, but like outside of LeBron, it's yeah. like it's. The scope of it is massive, and yeah. he doesn't get any press for it. Well, you remember, it sucks. you remember like this SI profile. I think a long time ago, and he was just like, "I'm tired of being number two, right?" Mm. And I feel like that's happening to him in a lot of places. Where like he went to Golden State, he won the championship, but Steph, that was Steph's team, yeah, right. So in a way, he was still the number two. And you talk about LeBron too, like I mean, he LeBron pulled up in LeBron's face. <laughs> and one final yeah. and it didn't matter and it was like it's, lebron's better it's, it's steph's team it's like, and right, lebron's right. better than steph's team yeah and like you look at what lebron's doing like with all his hollywood ventures and things mm-hmm. like that katie wants to do that too right like he has that 35 yeah, yeah. media thing but Yo, again remember when, he, when, when people <laughs> ma- everybody followed that one instagram account and then Woj was just like no nah, oh, yeah, for forget, forget that yeah. actually he's well, going to brooklyn <laughs> Also, well, Jeremy Castle, yeah, Jeremy Castleberry also like didn't he? He was the first one to report Clippers on IG. I feel like yeah. report. <laughs> he like posted a logo. Anyway, so we can talk about him later. But yeah, I think for KD, he I think he just keeps feeling like like what more do I have to do? Yeah, like everything that I do, I'm in the shadow of someone. Yeah, like I'm in the shadow of Steph in Golden State. Even though I mean, whatever you could argue, I mean, KD's a better player. Right, like yeah, he's a better yeah. player, and like LeBron, like he's doing Space Jam too, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, like he's got the barber shop, and then meanwhile, yeah, Katie's yeah. got the boardroom, which hey, doesn't man, the generate- <laughs> boardroom is not an exciting title, <laughs> which doesn't say that generate much, as much buzz too, because like LeBron's yeah. bringing in like two chains and like all these different yeah, celebrities, yeah. right? Like Drake, and Katie's like- out here with like Jay Williams, Rich Kleiman, yeah. So, yeah. um, so I don't know. I think Katie desperately wants to like be planted somewhere where he can be the guy yeah but the funny thing is like it doesn't matter like people it respect- really doesn't matter that's the thing well steph he's the guy because he doesn't care yeah. he just doesn't care like you know you're never gonna see yeah. steph like pressed about like the amount of shots or the amount you, of like credit he gets you like can't, you can't be a celebrity in this like in this age and be this like self-aware yeah and care this much it's just gonna make it worse for you yeah but i don't know I think the one thing, if I ever sat down with Katie, I would just be like, you know, like, you always complain about people not appreciating your game. Well, I'd be kicked out by people. I, I thought you guys just be like, you know, you always complain, and then that's <laughs> no, but that's, like, that's really you know, he always he's always like, these guys like don't watch basketball, dude. they don't appreciate my game. I'm like, literally, I've never seen one person ever, like in real life or online, yeah. criticize Katie's basketball game because he's one of the greatest yeah. basketball players of all time, ever. So I don't know Ever, why he man. always feels so slighted. Just because some like egg avatar trolls are like giving him stuff, yeah, giving him trash that like they would give to like Evan Turner. Mm-hmm. Like, why do those people matter? Why does that matter yeah. so much? It shouldn't even matter to like Evan Turner, let alone yeah. To K- K- and you should have case, accomplished right? so. so you have accomplished so much at this point that you're so above it. You yeah. should be above all of this. But I mean, whatever. 
Can't solve KD. Yeah, look, listen, you can't make a man who's unhappy happy. Um, as a Raptors fan, I'm really happy right now. So you can say whatever <laughs> the hell he wants, to be honest. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. How long do you think this, like, um, grace period is going to be? The, the happiness. The happiness off the championship. I'm giving myself, like, three years. Yeah, I'm giving myself. <laughs> Are you saying, like, three months? No, the first quarter of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the Raptors screw, screw up a dribble or handoff yeah. coverage and JJ Reddy gets a wide open three. And I'm just slandering yeah. Serge Ibaka again. When Kyle's not guarding Drew Holiday. Yeah. Oh, man. That's always, that's always a tough one for Kyle. <laughs> Drew Holiday is a tough assignment for Kyle. By the way, I, I hate that opening night matchup. Why? It's so random. A West, they just want to force feed us Zion, I man. I know. I know. It's like they need some ratings because, God forbid, the Raptors aren't ratings for, for the U.S. Yeah, that's right. But, man, I would have just liked to see something more like traditional, like a Milwaukee or something. Even if it's not the same. I don't want to get blown up by Milwaukee on opening night, but man. It's like That's sad. New Orleans? Like, it's just weird, man. As long as we can win the game, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, last thing before we go to take some Twitter questions. We were both in uh, the Mattamy Center uh, on Wednesday to watch Canada defeat Nigeria yeah, in the great, first great of time. two exhibition games. First off, what was the view like from the sky? <laughs> You, so they gave Yahoo. They, the gave, one, seat, they gave, gave, gave Yahoo one courtside seat, and you know, yeah. you know, we'll lose Twitter profile says lead Raptors reporter. Yeah, that's right. That's Yahoo what Sports. lead means, baby. So uh, Big V and I um, were sent so the little V to, in this case. <laughs> yeah, to the upper decks. Um, you know, view was fine. Um, the game was. I mean, the game was what it was. They had a nice second quarter, I think. Yeah, they hit nine threes, <laughs> man. Yeah, you know who impressed me? Kem Birch. You like Kem Birch, yeah. What yeah. what do you like about Kem Birch's game? Um, you know, he had good chemistry with Corey Joseph. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, they had the, no, no, they had a great lob. No, Kem Birch was pretty dunk, aggressive yeah. and stuff, and I think they'll need that. I mean, I, I guess they'll definitely need. That. I don't even know what their like chances are of qualifying because it seems like they're in a pretty tough group and things like that, right? Yeah, the tough group is they have to play Lithuania and Australia. Yeah, and apparently Senegal's good, but I don't know who's like the yeah. definitive person watching a lot of Senegal there's tape. just not a lot of guys on this team that can like score and create yeah and you know even like Olenek going down he slipped on a wet spot but I think he's coming back like in a week or something that was awkward because when yeah. he got up he started wobbling and couldn't yeah. operate and I was like that looks bad yeah but thankfully like nothing serious he's right. expected to rejoin the team but like it's gonna take one of those things where it's like oh is, is Brady Haslip like hot is Kyle Wilcher gonna hit like five Yo, threes Kyle Wilcher was money but that's what it's money gonna but that's what Nigeria. it's gonna take though like, they're literally going to need some of these guys to just, like, catch fire. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's, I mean, yeah, I feel like everyone's talked about it this week, how disappointing it is, all the guys that dropped out. Yeah. Um, I'm less disappointed by, like, the collective, you know, dropping out by everyone. Right. I'm just more like, man, even if they had, like, Jamal Murray there. Yeah, then then they'd be guy. sad. One then they'd guy. be sad. Just one yeah. guy. Even like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like one somebody. guy. That's fine. Shea's great. Yeah. Shea's Jam- really Jamal's good. the one guy where I'm like, man, if yeah. he was on the team yeah. running point, then I feel like everything else falls into place. I swear OVO Bounce got better <laughs> talent to come out than Canada basketball. And that's not even a slander in Canada basketball, but like there were some good players there. Shea was there. Nikhil Alexander Walker was there. Yeah. Um, Xavier was there. Like there's some, there's some good players. But um, but yeah, with this Canada basketball, I think it's just funny because like, it's it's funny in in like a you know unsettling way, so it's not really that funny, I guess. But every single year we talk about yo Canada's got all these guys, we get them all together, the teams can be great. 
and then every single time we end up with Corey Joseph <laughs> and Kelly no. Olenek, which like yo shout out shout out those two seriously yes. man those guys love playing for the program they love the experience like Corey even said it he's like honestly man I'm getting older there's one of a few more chances to play in this and he's like part of it is just I like this life experience like I actually like going out there yeah. and like seeing my boys and like they know each other there's a real camaraderie around this group they played together in many tournaments in many countries yeah. you know the core those two guys that we mentioned probably plus like Melvin Edgem and even Brady Heslip, like those guys have all been to a lot of tournaments and they actually just relish the experience. It's sort of just like, how do you get the rest of the guys to sort of see value in that? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like the KD thing. Like, how do you get people to buy into the culture? And once yeah. that happens, then it'll be probably a little bit easier. Also, if Canada basketball had more resources, I think that would really help. Like, literally having the, t- the game shown on TV and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, but I think someone was mentioning to me, too, that. I think they're playing a bunch of the exhibition games. They're playing in Winnipeg tonight, and then yep. I think they're playing in like Australia or something. Yep, it's like a tune-up tournament. With and then like they go, teams. and then then they go to China, right? Yeah, that's a lot of travel. It's like six weeks. So maybe like if six you, weeks, even if I think maybe if you put the exhibition schedule just here in Canada, like if you went to Vancouver, Montreal, mm-hmm. or something like that, maybe that changes a few guys' minds. Sure. But it's funny, like you bring up guys. Think about the guys that you brought up, like Corey Joseph, Kelly Olenek. Like these are not guys carrying NBA teams. No, right? No. So for them, I think the decision is easier. Yeah. You know, I think the general excuse is always like they uh, guys drop out because they want to focus on the season, right? Right. right. And for some of these guys, it's true. Like Dwight Powell's got to focus on getting (laughs) thirty-five wins with the Mavericks. Man, he has to focus. Otherwise, (laughs) they might win thirty-two games. You never know. I think it's a. I think it's a easy excuse um, for guys, for certain guys. But you know, you look at guys like RJ, who's Mm -hmm. just starting his NBA career. Like RJ wants to play. Yeah. Yeah. And he like wants he's hurt, to play. Right? He is. He's legit. Yeah. Hurt. Like yeah. he's hurt. And like, even like, you know, I'm sure his dad, Rowan, like, who's obviously part of team Canada will, would err on the side of caution there. Yeah. Um, that's like, gonna be a tough combo though. Be like, yo dad, I'm <laughs> yeah. not playing for your program dog. I'm sorry. But I think even Rowan would be like, you know what? That's the smart decision, right? Yeah. You got to focus on winning yeah. 12 games with the Knicks. But like, okay. Like for sure. Like Dwight Powell, like maybe doesn't need to like take those extra, like three weeks off to prepare. Um, for for the Mavericks season, he's got to jump but, and catch a lob. Like, but I don't like, know, you know how much preparation you yeah, need. Yeah, but like I think for certain guys, maybe um, it does. And like I think it goes back. To, it goes to the larger question of the like you said, like what is the incentive mm-hmm. for these guys, or like do they really value like wearing the Team Canada jersey and repping Team Canada? Yeah, and I think it does take a group of guys, right? Like yeah. it would have taken like Wiggins and all those guys to come together and be like, hey, yeah. you know, we're going to be like this golden generation. We're going to get Canada back in the Olympics. Right. And we're going to do that. And I guess, you know, there was never an interest there or there was just never that conversation. Yeah. Of those guys being like, hey, let's do this. Right. Yeah. And and, and that does suck. I mean, it, it is one thing, though. I, I got to mention that, like, the fact that Jamal Murray and RJ Barrett, like, even though they pulled out of the tournament due to injuries um, to varying extents, um, you know, they're still there supporting the team. They still were there at practice. Like, they don't need to be. Like, Shea pulled out. He was in Toronto. He did, well, he wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that, like, um, there is a certain camaraderie. And I think that, like, players, I guess, like, one thing for me is I just think that, like, maybe they, they will see the value of it if they could see a great moment that, like, you know, we all talk about. Like, in the top of your mind, like, what, what kind of, like, can the basketball, great can the basketball moments you have? Yeah. It's like, hard to recall, to it's be like honest. Steve Nash, 2000 yeah, but Olympics. He, but even then, they finished, like, eighth, right? Yeah, well, it's like, what what even yeah. what even was the moment from there? I mean, the Olympics yeah. is, is is important onto itself because it's the Olympics. People can say, I want an Olympics. It's an amazing thing. But, like, otherwise, it's like R.J. Barrett having, like, 37 points 
Yeah, yeah, that points. under eighteen tournament. Yeah, right? shout out to the day we had a Wonderland. That was that was amazing. <laughs> that was what happened. That was on that exact day. That's why I remember it. Um, also, Jamal Murray, twenty fifteen, like as an eighteen year old yeah, here yeah. in Toronto, he was in playing the Pan here at Ryerson too. Yeah, right? Pan Am yeah. Games. Like yeah. that was a crazy performance. But like, yeah. you need. I think you need moments of that magnitude. Um, but but, but you also but scale. you also need one group to 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 really be like we're gonna be the first ones yeah. to make those moments, right? Yeah. And I think for like the longest time, like how many years it's been, like the last like decade almost, we've been hyping up mm-hmm. all these guys that are coming up, right? Yeah, like when Wiggins is coming up. I mean, shout Anthony out Anthony Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, like all An- these guys. Andrew Nicholson. Yeah, and we were always talking about, oh man, like you know, come twenty nine, twenty twenty, and all this stuff. Like all these guys are gonna be there. Yeah, at the Olympics, and it's it is a letdown. It is definitely it a letdown. I'm not gonna criticize any of the guys though, because yeah, I feel yeah. like that's just a personal decision, and some of them are really dealing with injuries and like. Yeah. Also, I mean, like you mentioned, man, it's a six-week timeline. Yeah. If you got to play in the NBA after that, because the yeah. tournament ends in, like, mid-September, September 15th. Yeah. Obviously, you got to go to the gold medal game to do that. But still, theoretically, it ends in uh, September 15th. Training camp opens, like, 10 days after that. Yeah. So you're basically telling yourself you have three months of vacation, and you're yeah. spending half of that vacation playing basketball, right? So, like, I don't know. Would you tell most people to, like, hey, we're going to trade half your vacation for work? That's you cool with that? And you're unpaid. You're unpaid, and it's, like... I think people underestimate how little downtime these guys have. Right? Yeah. Like they're busy people all the time. Like, man, people just want to be like, why wouldn't you, you know, I would die for a chance to represent my country and stuff. But it's like, you, you got nothing else going for you, bro. Like, of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah. I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to go, man. I would rather be on vacation. Yeah. Uh, no, like no one's trying to work in August straight up. And like, yeah. I think, I think people underestimate that part too. Yeah. It's like the time off is actually really important to these guys. Sure. And, and you know, if they if that affects their whole, like, season, mm-hmm. that could affect their potential career earnings. Oh, like remember Hito Turkoglu's fatigue? <laughs> that was the same shit, man. He was like, yeah, I've been playing with, yeah. I've been playing with Turkey. I'm so tired. Me, <laughs> but, and, me and Erdogan were hanging out all the time. It's like, all right, well. <laughs> Yo, that's a name drop I was not expecting. <laughs> So what happens when you hit I'm like the... Yo, I'm staying out of this. Yo, this is why podcasts got to run longer than 45 minutes, because at the 45-minute mark, people get too tired and they start saying wild shit. Blake Griffin said Hidu was one of the funniest dudes. Yo, I heard that. And I was like, th- yo, I just clammed up. <laughs> I wanted to be like, you know he's working for a dictator right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the Team Canada thing, I mm-hmm. mean, it, yeah. Oh, yeah, listen to, listen to At Large. Yeah, listen to At Large. Yeah. Uh, occasionally Blake Griffin occasionally really available. Trying to get back on more regular programming. Yeah. Shout out Stephen LeBron Radio. Yeah, Stephen LeBron Radio, the OG. Um, Stephen LeBron <laughs> Radio. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to expect from Team Canada. I don't have any expectations in the tournament. Yeah, like we'll just see. How, we'll we'll just see how it plays out. I guess. So you're not staying up until three thirty a.m. Uh, you know what? I'll probably to watch. watch Senegal. <laughs> you know what? I'll probably watch. Dude, three thirty a.m. I'm usually up until two, anyways. Three thirty a.m. Yeah, what's well, another hour and a half? That's when the game starts. You got to watch another two hours. After yeah, that. that's fine. Yeah, um, you don't know my life. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It, it bit of a letdown. It is. Yeah, it's a, a bit, bit of a letdown. But honestly, this reminds me of um, the first ever time I did any sort of like in arena coverage yeah. was when my boy Scott, shout out Scott Hasty, when my boy Scott was like interning at Canada Basketball, and he was like, you know, they're hosting like some sort of like training camp here. You want to come through? And I was like, yeah, I'll come through. I'll, I need the experience. And like, I showed up in a suit and everything, and then like. Air Kareen and all the other beat writers are like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you wearing a full <laughs> like suit? You were too serious. I was like, oh, I don't know. I've never been to journalism school. Like, this is, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I'm doing here. 
and then like i was too awkward like nervous to talk to anybody yeah, um yeah. but then i was i was leaving because they they were holding it this was before like ovo center was built yeah so it was like the third floor of the acc yeah, where they had yeah, the, yeah. the practice court, practice court yeah. and also i was going down the elevator and i was like i could talk to nobody and then like andrew nicholson was like yo yo hold up i, get, I gotta get an elevator too yeah. so i was like okay cool so he got in and i was like honestly i gotta get something out of this i gotta ask andrew nicholson some tough questions yeah so I was like, yo, super awkward. I was like, hey, man, Andrew, like, can you, uh, can I, can I ask you some questions? Like, I'm, I'm kind of new to this whole thing. He's like, yeah, of course, man, of course. He was a super nice guy about it. And then the first thing I asked him, this was after he signed with Orlando, or it was like the second season of Orlando, I was like, so the Magic just signed Channing Fry. Do you feel like now that they have another stretch five, that might hurt your minutes? And he was like, honestly, this interview is over. And he <laughs> left. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yo, my funniest. Ah, it's tough. My funniest interview. This was pretty early on too of me doing this was was with uh, Courtney Lee. So, so Yo, it's always the most so, random. Players. So I was trying to do I was trying to do some kind of story about like uh, like playoff memories and whether people hang on to them. Right? I didn't. <laughs> you you asked about the layup. Oh, I did not think this through. <laughs> he was like, "Get this guy out of here." You asking me about the layup? He was like, I'm not talking about this. He's like, you seriously asking me about the layup right now? Oh, my now? God. Yeah. So I was a little shook. Yo, but for real, though, he should have hit that layup, man. He now, choked now hardcore. That, think, that was yeah. an open layup. So I asked him, like, a couple of, like, softballs to start just to, like, ease in. And I was like, yeah. How's your family? I was like, yeah. So, like, do you like do you think about that moment, about what could have been, like, if that layup goes in? He's like, you serious? <laughs> That's amazing. But, but since then, my uh, my journalistic skills have improved. So yeah, listen to at large, man. That's <laughs> the extended. I have a lot of great problem. ones, man. Actually, I, I remember interviewing Andre Miller. Andre Miller was super fun. He was the first guy to make me feel like comfortable in a locker room and stuff. Nice. Because I was like, the hey, locker you room wanna, was mad Because I was like, hey, you want to talk? And he and like he was on his iPad before the game. He's like, hell yeah, man, just sit down. And then we chatted for like thirty minutes. Nice, nice. Like sometimes you just need one or two of those, like when you're starting, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you feel better but it's that was I me mean, with Serge Ibaka at his house <laughs> yeah when he thought you were me asking yeah he's like bro what he's like didn't you just come three days ago <laughs> how many Asians does yeah. Yahoo have <laughs> yeah. uh so like oh uh, uh, so yeah I don't know man so, uh, like you, I'm sure you know too it's it's just about building a relationship with yeah. some of these guys because if they don't know you like it's just gonna be that way so yeah anyways um all right ending the podcast we're gonna take some twitter questions First one for my guy Josh. Yo, Josh, bro, I'm seeing you in like 25 minutes. Like, you could have just asked me this in person. Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Shout out, not Josh Hart. Um, where do the Raptors go now that the three point shooting depth is sliding? Can Norm slash OG actually handle the volume that will be required of them? Yo, Nick Nurse gonna get them playing like the 97 Miami Heat, man. <laughs> 87, 80, like 79, oh, 65 every oh game. God. <laughs> Yo, Pat Riley gonna be coaching. I actually the team, don't know. Man. Like, I'm not gonna lie and say I'm optimistic about them finding shooting anywhere else to to make up for it on the roster yeah i don't know about you yeah i think norm last year his shooting did kind of surprise me i mean when you check the numbers when you check the numbers you're shocked he he shot 40 percent. og i think there's something with og where like he can knock down a shot but he's a little streaky because there just might be a couple of moving parts in that shot it's not always consistent og's game just always looks like 10 percent harder he than looks, it should be. Yeah, he just like looks it's very a like awkward. awkward. Yeah, like it's not smooth. There's nothing smooth about him. Um, in terms of handle the volume, I feel like it. They like what realistically they need to hit like 
I'm not even looking at like a high volume. So, the, okay, so for example, in like 2014 or 2016, sorry, sorry, 20, uh, 2017, 2016, like those teams, they had guys who were quote unquote shooters, but yeah. it was like Demario Carroll shooting 33%, yeah. Patrick Patterson shooting like 32%. You, can you know have what I mean? that this year. Like, it might be something similar to that. The only other thing is, if you have those guys shooting those percentages, then you need your main guys to be super efficient. Yeah. And Kyle Lowry used to be super, super efficient. Last year, not as efficient. Yeah. Pascal was super efficient last year. If he can keep that up, then it's not as big of a problem. Even if those guys shoot 30%, they're still a guy in the corner. Realistically, the difference between a 30% shooter and a 35% shooter is not that much. It's like maybe like two points over a month. Yeah, and so, you, yeah, you know, and it, and it depends. Like, it'll be interesting to see if they're actually going to be like a high volume three point shooting team. To be honest, yeah, um, maybe they'll value more just the efficiency mm-hmm. over putting up like thirty thirty five shots a game, right? Um, and I don't know, man. Still holding a hope for Matt Thomas. Mm. So we'll see. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, Matt Thomas. You don't know, good. like it's possible. We might have just signed Kyle Korver. Yo, when Matt Thomas meets you, like I, f- I hope he has like a check for you, <laughs> like a gift card, like a fifty dollar. Like, I was thinking more restraining card. order, but. Yeah. Yeah, well, honestly, he could probably use the press. I've, honestly, I've been Matt Thomas's PR all summer. Yo, yeah. yo, reach out, man. Profile story coming. I, I, it got approved this week. I'm sure. I'm sure Yahoo it Sports. is. I'm sure it is, man. Look it for that. It took me two months to uh, have the courage to pitch it. What are you gonna ask him? Don't don't spoil. No, it, no, gonna, I'm gonna try to do a whole oral history. Try to see if there's the any oral history of, of Matt, Matt Thomas? Thomas. Yeah, we're gonna see if there's any interesting stories from previous teammates and coaches. Are you using this to finesse a trip to Valencia? Um, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Right. I have a friend in Valencia who's trying to track down a Matt Thomas jersey for me at the moment. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because yeah. the European jerseys are not great. Yeah, I've there's, asked for a, too many ads on there. It looks I've like asked a for a blank. Pasta. I've asked for a blank jersey, even if possible, and I can just get that customized here. Okay, I'm very serious. <laughs> like I told you, did I tell you this? Like I'm treating Matt Thomas like if Jeremy Lin was white. Okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh man, <laughs> you weren't ready for this. <laughs> we didn't even talk Jeremy Lin. On this we podcast. should rehearse lines. <laughs> we, yeah, we didn't even talk Jeremy Lin on this podcast. Yeah, but leave Jeremy alone. It's, it's a little sad. Treat Jeremy with the same sympathy as you, you know. treat Mello. How about that? No, for real though. But like, I mean, whatever you tweet about Melo, tweet the same thing about Jeremy. Then I don't want to have a different conversation. Why are we having two conversations? It's actually so strange that Melo has been tethered to Jeremy's career yeah. in a way. Now, I don't think Melo thinks about it, but like Jeremy Lin fans definitely think about it because oh, yeah. there is a the Melo prism and also yeah. in respect to just sort of the ties that they had together in New York and stuff. But I got oh, and also when Melo was getting recruited with the Rockets and they were more photoshopped, they took his took Jeremy's number and photoshopped Melo. How dare on. you, man? Um, yeah. No, but I'm saying like the only thing I'll say about Jeremy is I feel like it's so hard for a person in his perspective because he's not he's not just a player he's an icon and he kind of finally realizes that now and he kind of embraces it and it's just harder to be an icon if you're no longer active in that sport you know what I mean like what is Jeremy Lin without basketball it's just an Asian dude yeah uh, right and it just it it sucks because like there there are no more Jeremy Lins it's not like someone else came in the league and was like I'm gonna carry the mantle. Jeremy, you can just sort of fade into the background. That never happened. And so I think it just sucks for him because, like, I think you could probably roll up to most um, average Americans and ask them, like, yo, name five Asian people right now. They probably can't do it. And if they do, Jeremy's probably in that list. So for him to, like, fade from that prominence, it just it sucks, man. Yeah, and the, I think the discrepancy between, like, his celebrity and his actual skill set or where he ranks, like, as an NBA player mm-hmm. is tough too, right? Yeah, because he's like a Jared Jack. Yeah. But he's Asian. Well, Jared Jack actually looks a little Asian, to be honest. I always suspected <laughs> he might, might be have a some, secret Asian. Some, yeah, well, the secret Asians yeah. in the NBA, man. But that's what I'm saying. Like any other, like you know, second string, third string guard who's unsigned in August, it wouldn't be a storyline. 
No. But with Jeremy, it is, right? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Like, Melo went on first take and said that it was tough, that, like, he's not in the league and stuff. Yeah. That's the same as Jeremy being on, like, the Chinese television yeah. show talking about the same thing. But then I hear all these people. I, I saw, like, who was it? Rashad McCants, the, the North Carolina. Sure, yeah, yeah. Was like, like, how can you be crying? Like, you've made, like, $150 million in your life, which I'm like, you totally, like, missed the point then. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we just talked about how unhappy Kevin Durant is. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant's not really dealing with a lot, like, basketball-wise. Yeah. He is one of the top players. Yeah. And he feels, like, probably some of the same things that, like, Jeremy feels sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's also tough because I think Jeremy has that perspective of, like, I think people knock him because they think he's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And, like... I don't know, man. It just it, it's it's just I just think it's unfair, really. It, it, is. it is unfair. And but it, it's also it, really difficult because it's not like a traditional sort of society thing where it's like an icon in this in the in the sort of ecosystem of basketball is different than just in regular day America. You know what I mean? And like Jeremy, uh, it wouldn't be seen as someone of a privileged sort of stance if he were just in a regular dude in America working in any other industry. But in basketball, yes, he is a sort of a, a special category, and I think people always took exception to that because it's you know, it, look, the, 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 we don't want to get into a capital capital T Jeremy Lin discussion. You Yo, know, we why leave not? that to Pablo and Jay Caspian <laughs> Kang. No, but, the, okay, but one more thing though. Yeah, go for it. Go it's for just it. like you we bring up like Jared Jack. It's like the difference between like Jeremy having an NBA spot, like say as a third string guard on the Wolves versus a Jared Jack is like that is that impacts like millions of people. Yeah. Like sure. Jeremy being there is, is so important. Like just being in the NBA. Like the visibility and all that stuff we mm-hmm. talk about all the time. Like it's important. That's why I wish he was there. Yeah. Cause okay. I mean or him and Melo should just go to China and win five championships. Yo, last night I couldn't sleep. So I watched the twenty fourteen fifteen CBA finals between uh, Liaoning and Beijing. So yeah. Beijing is, is the this team like that CJ McCollum's brother, <laughs> Eric McCollum, <laughs> dropped eighty one once. I think did he? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, no, but it was it was uh, yes, yeah, Stefan Marbury played in that game. I think maybe it was his last game or whatever. Yeah, crazy comeback. I don't want to spoil it, but if you if you go on go on, <laughs> you YouTube, go on YouTube and watch it, man, it's got eighteen thousand views. Like it's an it's an amazing comeback. I Listen, think the, if I lived in China, I'd be going to those games all the time. Yo, but the Beijing Ducks were down like twenty points. They hit like eight threes <laughs> just to take in the secondhand smoke in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's, yeah. People talk about pollution in China. It's really just like seventy five percent of men smoke. Yeah, in China, <laughs> I don't even think that's a. I think that's an actually actual yeah. an actually accurate statistic. People in North American sports worry about collusion over there. It's pollution. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let's take let's take three more Twitter questions. Um, okay, from Brian. With Kawhi and Demar's ISO games gone, do you think the Raptors are going to average thirty assists per game? I think they're going to try. I mean, they're going to move the ball. So this is okay. Um, I looked into this. I, I I literally looked at the schedule of all the games Kawhi missed, and then went to correspond to like the NBA Stats dot com, where you can go to the player tracking page and you can look at um, how many passes per game that were thrown. So in the games with Kawhi, 60 games with Kawhi, the Raptors threw three, 293 passes per game, which is about average. And in the 22 games he missed, the Raptors averaged 313 passes per game. So that's a difference of 20 passes a game. And they were fifth. That would have ranked fifth if that extended the whole season. So, 
And that was without Marcus Sol too, right? That was without Marcus Sol. That most one, of them. That one, what I don't even know if this is a typo or not. This is kind of a bit of an outlier. But when I looked at the numbers, one of those games against the Knicks, where the Raptors won by like fifty points, I think that was the game uh, Mitchell Robinson rolled over Kyle's ankle. The Raptors threw 386 passes that game, which is just nuts. Because that's what that was with Mark. That was with Mark. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the, my point is that, like, yes, they're definitely going to play a different system, and they're going to move the ball a little bit more. They're trying to play a little bit faster. My the one thing that interests me with there is just like a lot of that was because they had Kyle and Fred VanVleet together, and I think the two point guards operating in tandem always kept the ball moving. Yeah. And they would always reposition themselves, so that sort of kept the offense fluid. But I don't know how much of that we'll see next season because we need Fred to actually be a backup point guard as well. So, yeah, but you could see that probably as a closing, yeah, probably lineup, right? Probably the two of them. Yeah, um, you know, I think the ball movement for sure, like all the stats that you say, back it up. Um, and the other thing is too, like I honestly think I was thinking about this today. Like, I think Nick Nurse is going to get the most out of this team. That's what I trust Nick to do. In in, in terms yeah. of figuring out what's the best style of play for these guys and putting these guys in a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the benefit of having a good coach, right? In Yo, one of these like transition years. Nick Nurse, yeah. going back to Canada basketball, when he went, at the end of the second quarter there, one, one possession left, I think Nigeria came out on the ball. Nick spot. Nurse went to a freaking box and one against oh, yeah. Nigeria like, yeah. in an exhibition yeah. game at Ryerson University. Yo, Nick Nurse and just, it worked. <laughs> Nick Nurse just wants you to know that he, he can coach. This guy, that's um, such a flex. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, you think that's the first day of practice? He's like, all right, guys, we're going to teach you a box and one defense we, before we, we teach you anything to, else. We're about to elevate Nick Nurse to Brad Stevens' hype levels this season. You watch. Wow. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if Nick Nurse can get this team to like a 50 51 coach 52 of the year, win, that's a, that's, that should be coach of the they year. They should hand him the man. coach of the year the year after the fact. Like, he won the championship. Last yeah. year was hard to give him credit. Sure. He didn't show out until like the playoffs, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more are you going to do during the regular season? Dwayne already took them to like 59 wins. Yeah. Like, it's not like you were going to be able to surprise anyone. Um, and the whole thing was, oh, he has Kawhi now and stuff. But, you know, he made it work. Oh, he made it work, man. No, like, the, I think the most, honestly, the most optimistic thing I'm for me go- going to this season is is having Nick as the head coach. Um yeah, I'm a Nick stand now apparently. Wow, we're all Nick Nurse stands. He yeah. did one interview with Yahoo Sports and now we're biased. Good. Speaking of which, um one person asked in your overall experience at Yahoo Sports this year and how do you feel like <laughs> you have to hold back now providing your honest opinion now that you can interview players face to face. Um I mean, overall experience has been great. Uh, I you know I think I've spoken about that in previous podcasts. I think there's a lot of there's a good infrastructure here to create content. There's a good vision and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of like the second portion of that question, um, I don't know, man. Do you ever struggle with that? Um, I don't because I feel like so. Here's the thing. I mean, I think because I definitely like was a little bit nicer to Danny Green. After joining, and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah Danny yeah. missed five threes. But honestly, <laughs> man, that the positioning well, was great. I think it's tougher for you to yeah. be honest, because like you are very like obviously heavy into kind of the game to game analysis and really breaking down the things that are happening, and especially mm-hmm. with the ten things that you do. Yeah, like you have to be critical and point out things that are you know not working or are working, right? Right, and that involves you know criticizing players or calling them out for certain things that they don't do, right? Um, 
But you know, I, I think that's just something that you have to draw a fine line on. You know, for me, you know, I do a lot. Of my my stories are not very like you know analytical or like game based. Right. Um, maybe more like personality, off the court type things. So I, ne- I so I never feel like there's really like a conflict of interest there. Okay. The other thing too is like I know we're on Twitter a lot and like we like to make a lot of jokes and things like that. Mm. Like as long as I'm tweeting stuff that I'm comfortable that you know I think a player would find funny too. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I would like to think that if Nick or whoever pulled up my tweets, like he'd have a laugh. That was what I was nervous about when I was sitting down with Nick Nurse. Nick's like, "Aren't you the guy that tweeted out like a hundred unflattering screen caps of me?" And I'm like, "Listen, I do that for everybody." But like, you know, I, I think honestly, like as long as you're like, as long as your work is good and mm-hmm. and you're being objective, like, I, I'm yeah, I, I honestly don't think about that too much. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, mostly I don't try to slander the players themselves too much. Yeah, past players maybe more, and I, I think players, under- players definitely. And but. I think, but I think players understand that, like, if they are having a bad game or if they mess up, mm. like that's just part of the deal, right? Like, it's not as long as it doesn't feel personal. Mm. I think sometimes guys might think it's personal. So, all right, last question. I've, I've just skipped all the basketball questions because yeah. Also, shout bad. out Yahoo, great experience. No, seriously, better me. than the last one. I was at. Oh man, damn! <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good people here to to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out everyone. Yeah, probably pretty much shout out everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Sarah Jenkins just out here in Vegas. Yeah. Give shout a random shout out. Big big V? <laughs> no, no more V, man. Call All me right. Lil OJ. I mean you you were having Lil OJs. Yeah, I know. That's gonna haunt me forever. Yeah. Wish I never did co I was sick, man. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair to you. I only got the I only started getting the big OJs once I got sick. <laughs> and I, I needed that vitamin C. Um okay, last question. To end off on this, someone just said, just do a Buck Slander podcast. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we're not going to do a whole podcast on this. But um, I think it's, you know, the, the so at Raptor Twitter is a little bit bored right now. So, we're kind of going over old things. Um, but the Raptors' history of just smacking up the Bucks, I mean, it, I feel like it's it shouldn't be overlooked, especially after the Raptors swept them this year. <laughs> I love how you just always call it a sweep. It's a sweep. Gloss over the first two games. It's a sweep, man. It's a sweep. Did you think the season was over after game two? Yes. Not well, not over, but like I was like, a lot of things got to change. A lot of things got to break. Yeah, I almost um, booked a vacation during the finals that evening. Man, where are you gonna go? Just like to a resort. Yeah. Oh, your, your your Cuba trip. Yeah, yeah, my Cuba, my Cuba trip. Yeah. yeah, I was on the last page, and I was like, let's just give them game three. <laughs> <laughs> double overtime it you're did like, feel like it was over though <laughs> double overtime know. you're like I'm I that's that's up. very like negative like raptors energy i guess no but i mean honestly at that time it just felt like the rest of the team was failing and the one central star wasn't able to carry them through and yeah. all the all of a sudden what happened in game three was Kawhi physically gave his body up yeah right he still played all the rest <laughs> never of the forget games. that was when, never physically when, the when same. you slander Kawhi for leaving you know, listen Please man, never every time you that. get mad about Kawhi leaving just go watch any highlight of this playoff run just any highlight even the Orlando Magic highlights just watch some of those it's amazing you, you can't hate the guy um he gave up his body Chris Middleton missed a three yeah at Chris the end of regulation that would have ended the season <laughs> how did Chris Middleton get a, a maximum contract Yo, you have to he's continuity not He's not that yeah. good. Anyways, what Bucks landed? Well, we, we were laughing before we came on. He's about like the how- Mo Williams to LeBron. <laughs> like he really is, man. He's not that good. Like there's so many games where I see Chris Paul have ten points, Listen, and I'm Bucks, like, this guy's not that good. He the Bucks made their bed. I want them to trade for Chris Paul. Um, <sighs> um, <laughs> we were laughing before the show about how they really wanted Drake arrested. Yeah. For what was he clapping at Giannis or like talking to? 
Coach Bud. They they got so mad about it that they talked about it the day after. They were like, honestly, I don't think there's a place in the game for that. You know, <laughs> anytime anybody says that about to, sports. To be fair, I think Bud was like asked like five questions about it before he finally like broke down and had like a quotable. But we can run with the storyline. <laughs> Can't break down a questions from reporters, man. <laughs> Just because you get full court pressed by Josh Lewenberg doesn't necessarily also, Bud, mean. Also, Bud was like, yeah, I'm not. Like I just can't play Giannis forty minutes. Like that was yeah. Like it's not, it's not the right spot to do it right now. Because reporters were just, asking like, "Yo, do you want to change anything?" Because you're lost like three straight. And he's like, "Honestly, I can't." Uh, I mean, in a way, you could say that cost them a championship. I mean, they could yeah, have gone I mean, on to beat the Warriors. Probably Giannis is twenty five, twenty six years old. Like, why can't you play him yeah. the whole game? And we can what if a lot of this stuff, but I mean, you don't want to let any of the champ these opportunities go. You really, who tells you really that, don't want to let it go. Who says that Milwaukee's going to have another chance? Because I mean, honestly, the Bucks, the way they were presented, they probably wouldn't have beaten the Warriors. Yeah, I think so too. Like, they would have had a really good chance to beat the banged up Warriors. Uh, well, not even banged up, but just like no KD Warriors. Like, that Bucks team was really good, but yeah. they also got swept, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, you don't want to leave that stuff on the table, right? Yeah. You can't ever assume you have like a five year championship window. How do you, th- how do you think Bucks f- fans feel about Norman Powell and Fred Van Bleep? Oh, man. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, Norm's been haunting them forever, right? Yeah. But, I mean, that Fred, the game five. Seven three-pointers. Low-key my favorite game of the playoffs, honestly. Yeah. The, that man. fourth quarter from Kawhi. Nuts. That was the closest to Michael Jordan. People always say Michael Jordan, yep. Michael Jordan. Like, that was Michael Jordan. I was, like, streaming Michael Jordan in the arena. Yeah. Remember that Two. he took, like, a three late and then, like, got his own offensive rebound? Yep. <laughs> yeah, he missed a three and then he, like, For raced no in. Yeah. He, like, he, so he shot the three and then ran. Like, he didn't even run directly to the rim. He ran around everybody in the paint and got to the baseline and yeah. got the ball and then got fouled yeah. and shot two free throws. I think if Kawhi just one day decided he wanted to, like, have a Dennis Rodman season and, like, average 25 rebounds, he could probably he could do, do that. it. Like, literally Boardman. If that's all he did, like, he could do that. Yeah. No, he, he, he could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, what else? Eric Bledsoe <laughs> is hilarious. Oh, Eric, yeah. No, but actually, the thing with Norman Powell and Fred, like the amount of people that were like watching film and they were like, "All right, I'm confident the Bucks can win because the you know the the Bucks bench is way better." Which I was one of those people. I watched a lot of film, especially of the Sixers series. I'm like, Norman's playing like five minutes a game. Yeah. Fred can't even yeah. take an open he shot. He can't get a shot over it, like, it's like James Ennis. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, yo, the Bucks are gonna destroy them based on this bench differential. And then for that to be completely flipped on its head, the Bucks bench was not doing anything. And it was actually kind of sad because, like, the Bucks have always been trying to mock the Raptors. Like, the Bucks, for example, this year put out a bench mob T-shirt. I did not. Did they? Yeah, they did. Uh, during the playoffs or regular season? It was regular season. But, like, oh, man. still, I'm just like, that's not your thing. That's just not your thing. This is like the Clippers with the What It Do Baby shirts. It really is, right? And it's like. I mean, that's, it, that's like, on another level. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's well, unoriginal. I just want to point out in Game 5, Fred, as many remember, had seven threes. Yeah. 21 points he outscored the entire bucks bench that game yeah and like you you, you if you were a bucks fan or if you're a bucks blogger like if you're the bucks version of eric uh or of um of blake murphy for example i think it's his name's eric neem yeah right if you're eric and you're watching film and you're preparing you're trying to write an informed take you'll probably be like we don't have to worry about fred we don't have to worry about norm and then for Norm and yeah. Fred to combine for like twenty five points a game throughout the rest of that series was just amazing. Be, man. I think that would be like if like Pat Connington beat us. Yeah, like if, if Pat two Con- Pat Connington's beat us. Exactly, they got beaten by two <laughs> Pat Connington's man. Ah, uh, the Bucks. And then they like played Barney music for the Raptors. They played Kawhi's laugh. And didn't they Ma- have- the the uh, Mallory Eden's the, the oh the yeah with the with the Pusha T with the Pusha T shirt right? Yeah, she doesn't listen to Pusha T. <laughs> Tell me she listens to Pusha T. No, she's listened to yo, like Lord Huron or some yo, shit, man. If you know, you know. Um, 
But, she was not listening to Pusha T. I no, my favorite is what are they? They had that Pacific Mall Jurassic Park out there. The oh, deer, yeah, yeah, what yeah. Was it Deer Deer Alley? Park oh, or yeah, something. Deer Park or something. Yeah, no, that place that is great. small, man. That that place is small. Like Jurassic Park is small too. If you walk past Bremner, like, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's just like it's like an optical illusion on TV. Yeah, it just <laughs> it looks crazy. But like, no, the Bucks, the Deer Park is actually insanely small. Part of the reason Deer Park's small is because they have the Bradley Arena or yeah. Bradley Center, and it's just like literally actively being demolished. Like it looks like yeah. a, an apocalypse. Man, happening. I wish they were closing out an old arena too. Imagine if the Raptors closed out an arena in Milwaukee and Golden State, <sighs> Oakland. Man. Because I saw they were taking I saw a photo they were taking down the Oracle sign That's from nice. the arena yesterday. And I was like, man, the Raptors really closed this down. Oracle's kind of a dump. Yeah, it's an old arena. It smelled so bad. It, it's a very old arena. Yeah, it, it's it's smell bad. It's an old arena, and it's like in the middle of nowhere, like just off the highway. <laughs> Yo, the amount of times Ubers got lost yeah. just trying to drive to that thing is yeah. impossible, man. Wow, well, I would take. I was I was about that Bart life. Oh, you were Bart. taking the Bart. Yeah, wow. The Bart, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, closing out Oracle. Yeah. I mean Milwaukee. I don't know. I don't have much slander to Milwaukee. Like I like Giannis a lot. <laughs> Milwaukee's just funny, man. I, I just remember a couple moments during that. And the, their fan base isn't, like, annoying. Like They were kind of annoying, man. Really? They were kind of annoying. I don't know. Um, I, I remember just, like, walking after game one. I was, like, rushing to go from, like, the, the, the seats that we're at to, like, go downstairs to, like, the, the press room. <laughs> yeah. And, like, all the fans were like, honestly, man, the Kyle Lowry's never going to do that again. So we're probably going to sweep them. They're yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Brooke Lopez, man, he's amazing. What a, what a signing. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, Brooke's not going to score 30 points the rest of the series, man. Get out of here. What are you talking about? It was tough though after Marcus Ole's first quarter in game two. Yeah, that but one yo, pass that like came off the backboard. But low key, they lost. The part of the reason why they lost game five was because they couldn't like grab defensive rebounds. Yeah, remember because Mark got a key offensive rebound, which like when does Mark ever get offensive rebounds? And then he hit like the free throws. Actually, the crazy thing was like in game two in the second half. I think Nick played Norm. Yeah, yeah and they went small and they kind of found something there. He was good, so that worked out. And Nick not changing the starting lineup after game two. It's a lot yeah. of pressure. Man, I can't wait to relive this championship run like over and over again. Seriously. We got to get it's like. Great. I'm not trying to remember like the Orlando series though, you know? Like, yeah. Let's start. I would start at like Philly game four. The only fun part of the Orlando series was game three when Kawhi was sick and passed out to take over. Oh, yeah. And he yeah, had yeah. that like and one over Eric or Evan Fournier. And that was like the well, game winner basically. That, that was, was a fun. fun series because legit like you can't even name like on one hand like stress-free Raptors yeah. playoff series. That was stress-free after was, game one. That was actually hilarious. Never like, forget Kawhi had two fouls, I think, two, a minute into game two. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little stressed at that very moment. I mean, low-key, we swept them too. Yes. <laughs> the Raptors had two sweeps. That's incredible, man. Yeah. No, if you rewatch, like, I don't know if they're dropping an official DVD. Like, what's going on? Let's get this going. Yeah. We need to get, like, Cineplex to uh, just show. Yeah. I would jump in yeah. at game four of the Sixers series when they're down 2-1. No, you that can't, skip, you can't skip game one. Game one? Come on. Kawhi and Pascal had 74. But I want, that's when, like, that's when all the drama started, though. Oh, game four. Yeah. Yeah. Game four was tough, man. Game four was so stressful. I was Pascal in the studio with living. Tyler Ennis. He's like, you all right, bro? <laughs> I didn't like, say a word in the fourth quarter. Not I was like, serious, yo, man. where am I going to get this freelance money from April to June? <laughs> they really getting knocked out right now in five? <laughs> I can't handle this. Tyler. Like, we had just started our studio show. <laughs> Damn. I was like, this is over? Yo, shout out for you to just, like, 
You just, you just, you just replaced me, man. Nah, man. I'm just here for you when you're on the road, bro. Legit, I'm your stunt you, double. Yeah, you were legit the stunt double. I'm bro. Like, stunt we got to keep the the ratio the same, so we got to get Alex in when I'm not there. <laughs> also, did we uh, ever do one of those shows together? We didn't, right? We didn't no, do a podcast. Not show. until you, not until after they won the title. That's right. Yeah. All right. How long is this podcast? Like six yeah, hours? That's it. That's it. This is enough for summer content. It's all right. Longer so. than primetime sports. Uh, shout out. Oh, that's right. You're gonna be on primetime sports later today. Um, yeah. If 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 you're somehow listening to this before 5 p.m. Friday, <laughs> Blake Murphy and I will be uh, guesting. It's currently almost three o'clock yeah, right now. Yeah. So. so we'll be on primetime sports five to seven. Please tune in. All right. There you Subscribe go. Subscribe to At Large and Raptors over everything. And stay tuned for a Kawhi Watch sequel video series coming. Name to be determined. If you have suggestions, please actually. Send yeah, us if you have any suggestions, it's not catchy, like catchy, like it can't be like a phrase. It yeah, we're be like working on a weekly Raptors video series that will hopefully go live soon. So it'll be like Kawhi Watch. Yeah, yeah. we're just looking for a cool name. Like, what names do we bounce around? You said Run It Back. Run It Back. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like Run It Back, but you know, yeah, the show formerly known as Kawhi Watch. Kawhi Watch Two, baby. Yeah, Kawhi Watch Two would be cool. All right, thank you, thank you for having me, Will. All right, thanks, Alex. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.